On this week's Bet the Process podcast, Jeff joins us fresh off of a trip to the Global Gaming Expo G2E in Las Vegas. We recap that. We talk about the, the, the distinction between people that actually bet and media people that write about it. We cover college football and look more in depth at Georgia's chances, followed by college football picks and NFL picks. As always, the Bet the Process podcast is not bought, brought to you by anybody except us. So with that, let's start the process. Bet the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Welcome to the podcast. Bet the process. It's not that typical cookie cutter nonsense. If you came just for picks, you're in the wrong place. Find a talent with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. Welcome to this week's episode of the Bet the Process podcast for NFL Week 7 and NCAA Week 8. It's me, Rufus Peabody, with my friend and co-host, Jeffrey Kevin Ma who is very tired after uh, spending two hours on a plane coming from G2E in Vegas. So I, I'm very excited for, for Jeff to recap his G2E experience. Well, I landed there at 12.30 on Wednesday and proceeded to have, uh, you know, about four back-to-back-to-back-to-back meetings and then went to a happy hour with um, a lot of people that we know. Um, a lot of people that kept asking over and over again, why isn't Rufus here? Why isn't Rufus here? And I was like, well, I asked him and he kind of got really defensive about it and said, you know, all these conferences are the same. But Captain Jack Andrews was there, at, who I'm still not – what is his – is that his real name or not? That is not his real name. But that's he, did, he, he didn't introduce on. you? He didn't give you his real name? No, that's what he had on the name tag of his of his stupid badge thing. It said Cap- Jack Andrews and he introduced himself as Captain – Jack. Well, that's like RJ Bell. RJ Bell doesn't introduce himself as Randall Busick. He introduces himself as RJ Bell. Do you even know that? Has Randall Bell and is RJ Bell introduced himself to you recently? He is not, but I just am making that assumption. Okay. And then Alfonso Stratton was there. So that was kind of neat to meet him. Um, Alex Kane from Sport Trade was there, your buddy, who kind of looks like he could be your little brother. He, like, has that same lanky build and <laughs> same sort of coloring that you have. And I coloring. feel like you guys are lost souls. He kind of, like, was talking about you being, like, a savant on the golf course. And a savant like, on the golf course? not wanting to talk about anything except how long the shots were and what club you should hit and how focused you were on the golf course. The golf, that's that funny. True? That is funny. I, in the golf, like when I'm playing golf, that's all I'm thinking about. And that's what I love but about that's it. You. You're very, you're a very focused individual. And that's why I'm a little worried now that you might beat me in this decathlon because you've been very focused on improving these things. And it seems like you might be like a little Forrest Gump type savant. On well, the, the only thing I've been improving is free throw shooting because my, my building has a basketball, a half of a basketball court. So that's, that's about it. Just, just, the I shooting. mean, I, I have become incredibly weak. So I used to be able to bench press 185, you know, which is like two forty fives and a 25. I used to be able to do that like 10 times. And yes, the other day I went in the lift and I tried to do that once and could not lift it once. And it was just sitting on my chest 
And I'm just like, help, someone help me. <laughs> Were you really? Did you get it stuck yeah. in your chest for real? Well, it's not <laughs> you didn't have a spotter. I mean, I, I can hold it. I could hold it on my chest for hours, right? So it wasn't like I was in danger of dying. You could no, hold it on your chest for hours. You mean your chest could hold it for hours? Well, but you're also supporting it, right, with your arms, too. It's a little bit. Completely the weight uh, on. Anyways, um, so Alfonso Stratton was there. There was some, um, the guy that runs Risk now for CG Technology. And all of these people said that they listened to our podcast. So we, we might be up to double digits. I'm not sure. Um, can can but, we verify, yeah. though? Did you check their phones and see, open up their podcast apps and actually see if it's... No, they actually like, knew some of our bad jokes, like only seven listeners. They're like, oh, I'm one of your seven listeners. And I'm, you know... I'm going to start counting every time someone says that because I think we're up, up to more than each other. Can, can, our, can the shirts that we designed say, like, I'm one of the seven listeners? Oh, yeah. That's actually that's... really good. Rufus is a dog name. I am one of the seven. That's a <laughs> really good podcast. That's I like a it. really good t-shirt. Um, let's see. Who else is there? Oh, and then, and then our buddy Preston came over, and uh, he and I went and had delicious dinner at Mott 23 in the Venetian. Ooh. Um, and he had, uh, he, we discussed all of his ESPN comings and goings. Um, he got recognized by a few people and I felt like a proud father looking at him walking around and being recognized. So, uh, it, it was, it was nice. It was, it, I think the, the, the main takeaway is that the people that were there for G2E are, um, you know, oh, and then Jake, Jake Williams from sport radar was there. Um, they're 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 awesome people like they uh the ones that especially these guys that we interact with on twitter that we feel like are you know smart and and nice um are are very both of those things in real life so um i think g2e is becoming much more of a uh there's a lot of sports betting out there like walking the floor some of the biggest um you know there were you know like the sport radars and the um, you know, a lot of these sport, SB Tech, and all, there were so many sports betting companies that were out on the expo floor. Um, and so, um, yeah, I was glad I, I stopped in and, and, you know, had some good meetings and um, saw some of the, the usual suspects from the sports betting world. Um, so, you know, if any of you guys are out there and are interested in getting into this business, I think there are a few events like this that are, are worth looking at, whether it's G2E and I think there's this uh, betting on sports US um, that's in New Jersey in April that I think you went to last year. And there's something in New York, I think in November, that's, that's a decent conference also. So do you, do you think these conferences are generally worth the price of admission for most people who are going just to, well, well I, I would, guess A, I would, for people that are going to network and just have fun and meet your, see your friends and B, people that are actually looking for work in the industry? Well, I only pay for the expo pass, which was like, I don't know, $300 or something like that. So I, I didn't think that that was an egregious amount and it gets you into the expo to walk around and just kind of see all the things that people are doing. Um, you know, there's this company geo comply, which is interesting, which is doing all the geo compliance in the space. And, uh, you know, I talked to the CEO and it's all self-funded. He basically looked at this industry when iGaming, not specific to sports betting, but when iGaming became legal and realized that they were going to need solutions to do this. And, and what's interesting is they're not really doing anything proprietary. They're just hitting 
um, the information on the operating system on your phone to get your geolocation. And then they're just running it through a bunch of rules, parameters, and things that they've put in there that, that they know. And, and, you know, there's some fraud detection and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting company just because they saw a real need that, and anticipated need that was going to happen. And now they kind of have a monopoly on this sort of geo compliance um, because no one, none of these companies want to build it themselves if they can just work with a service that does it. Yeah. What's, what's the next thing that, that, you know, someone hasn't necessarily thought about that really is going to be necessary as gaming kind of proceeds in the future? I think um, selling picks. I think if you, you could, there, there needs to be more people selling picks. No, that's a joke. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, I think that's, I mean, I think you know my opinion on the industry that if, you know, if the industry is the way it is now in five years, it will not be a very big industry. Meaning like if the products that the companies offer, if the types of bets that people offer, I think fundamentally sports betting is challenging from a game mechanic standpoint because um, classic game mechanics, if you, uh, the way that people get addicted or want to continue playing games is because they want to get better, um, this concept of mastery. And if you, if you master sports betting, you get kicked out. And so there's, it's very counter to the notion of classic game mechanics. The other thing is in, in games early on, you need to have some wins, um, to, to continue to play. And in sports betting, you're probably not going to because it, there's a learning curve associated with, with um, betting on sports. So I don't think that we're going to create a lot of new betters, unfortunately, um, in the current way that things are. I just think that the, the actual types of products or the gaming experience have to change significantly. Yeah, that's, that's a very good point. So anyways, um, I wanted to chat with you about and we won't mention names, although I'm sure anyone that follows Twitter knows who we're talking about or follows you on Twitter. But just this notion of there, there's this sort of theme that's happening right now with the people who really bet or at least say they do and the people that write about betting and, you know, put their records up, et cetera. Um, you know, so we'll say like a Darren Ravel is an example of a guy who writes about betting but doesn't really bet. Um, well, wait, Jeff, he's, he's posted screenshots of tickets before. I don't know if you've seen that. Like, you they're know, not very $20 big, or something. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I wouldn't call, I mean, my point is people that have to make their living on betting, right? Like you make your living betting. And so everyone can give you shit about your documented record, but at the end of the day, you don't really care because you literally make your living on betting and that's the proof for you. Right. And, and someone right. like, Right. And I, and I made a kind of a tweet referencing, I said, well, would you rather have a documented record and be published with picks, um, but not make very much money? Or would you rather be making millions of dollars betting? Well, why, why, do you and, even, why do you even need to engage? With I don't know. With I mean, well, this, this guy, I mean, he kind of called out Spanky being like, I've never heard of this guy. And I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. Right. But Spanky can fucking defend himself. Right. Oh, I know. Like, you, yeah. you, for for you to get involved at the level that you did in this conversation was sort of silly, right? There's, there's no reason that you need to defend your record or anything to him because you are, you are a professional sports better. I would say arguably one of the top, you know, sports better 
certainly in the world of golf or some of these, like obviously they're bigger syndicates and things like that, that, that make you look like a little guy, but you know, just as an individual sports better, I think you're, you're one of the most successful out there. And I know that because I've, you know, seen your results. I've, I've, we've, we've been friends for a long time. And the, the notion that, you know, this dude who has posted a bunch of pics on Twitter and writes about Twitter and has largely, you know, gotten fired from a bunch of like marginal, um, you know, sports betting websites, you know, the, the notion that he can irk you is, is funny to me because, you know, like even just your, even just the pettiness of you saying like last week I lost four times your salary. It's like, I thought that was going to be funny. I was just literally going for a funny retort. that was agreeing with it. What world is that? I don't know. Funny and not as you being a little bitch. <laughs> I don't know. It was 1 a.m. when I sent it, so. Yeah, at least you didn't send a tweet about China, right? Then that would have been way worse. I thought about doing that, just making a poll <laughs> that said, like, you know, who won? Hong Kong, China, NBA, Daryl Morey, and just seeing, you know. But someone told me if I tweeted that, I would never be allowed in China, even though yeah, I'm not making a value whole- judgment. I mean, this whole China thing is interesting. It's just, they're so, it, it's amazing to me how sensitive they are as a country about this. You know, they're but, so sensitive. You know, I'm sure when Daryl tweeted that, he had no idea that this could happen, that this would, you know, there, there wasn't that. Um, and it, it, this whole LeBron thing actually really pissed me off that he's like, you know, <laughs> Mr., like the guy that's like super woke all the time and makes a big deal about how woke he is is now tweeting this sort of bullshit about Daryl. It's like... Daryl needs to educate himself. I didn't know if, you, if you've heard this. Yeah. He, yeah, he, was, uh, he was misinformed. Although that was, that was unfortunately the thing that Daryl had to go back on in his sort of public apology was not fully knowing the situation. And I'm sure that was somewhat orchestrated in terms of, of, of how, how it was... Uh, you know, how his apology was supposed to unfold kind of. Thing. Right. But sometimes when you see apologies like that, you kind of know that, you know, his hand was forced and it's not like that. I don't think it necessarily. Well, I, don't think, I mean, I think he probably feels bad about it. I'm sure he does. He's, I mean, it cost the NBA hundreds of millions of dollars probably. Probably just in the short term though. In the short I mean, term. Well, it's not, not going to, it's, it's not, it's not like the end. It's not like China is going to stop. The, the Chinese people love, basketball right it's not like they're going to be able to stop that from happening well they don't they don't get to see the houston rockets anymore though the 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 league when they talk someone was telling me when they talk about i have a friend that has a friend that lives there and he said that when you know they were covering the nba and and they talked about they had previews for all the you know for the um the different conferences eastern and western and and they just they were going through all the teams and this like projected stands just left out the rockets no rockets. They just don't exist anymore. So that's pretty funny. Yeah. Well, that's the kind of power China has. So more power to them. Those are my people. I am Chinese. So anyways, um, well, you know, back to this whole thing about betters versus non-betters. There's also some people that now are tweeting out like pictures of their big tickets where, you know, they're betting five and ten thousand dollars on games proving to the world that they bet and you know the the, the idea of uh, and even with your tweet i thought do I losing like, wait do losing tickets losing five thousand and ten thousand dollar tickets have value like I, I will gladly sell losing tickets to people no, and no, they can like, tweet them out just and see, right. seem like they're they're big betters 
so, to say. So here's here's what's interesting to me. So you 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 made at that point, and it was like this sort of snide comment about losing four times his salary or whatnot last week. Uh, but there is like this interesting badge of honor that professional betters all feel around the fact that they've lost and that gives them more um, credibility to talk about betting than people who've never lost. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that idea of having gone through that struggle, why do you think that's so important to people to talk about that struggle? I don't know. I never thought it was. Really? I I've mean, never really me, thought about it. it. Like to me, I, to me, I think about it. I think about one of the things that, that, you know, like in, in blackjack or in sports betting or whatever, the notion that I've lost a lot makes me feel like I have credibility to talk about it. Um, and, and it's mostly just because like I've, I've understood how to overcome the psyche, the psychological challenges of, of having lost a lot and having to, continue to believe in a process or believe in what you're doing and have the conviction to keep betting after having lost so much, especially in the case like where you are, where that's how you're putting uh, food on the table for your family. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny to put it that way. Food on the table for I know, my family as I look around my apartment. Family. You don't really have a family, so it's, it was more funny. So I was trying to see if I can make you smile. Yeah. No, you, you succeeded. But I, I do think that, that losing stretches motivate me more than winning stretches. I think they cause me to work harder and try to look at my process and see. Um, Cause I think that a lot of times there are things that I want to improve that I know could be better about what I'm doing, but there's just so much time you have and so much mental bandwidth and, and sort of losing kind of motivates you to kind of go in and find these and take deeper dives and basically these projects that, that you've been putting off, at least or that I've been putting off. So, um, so and with, yeah, with the best last week was not good. Would, would the best way to prove that you're winning better be to literally give someone access to all of your accounts for them to just look at them and look at your results? I mean, maybe just showing them your tax returns. Although, well, that's what they, you know, they do that for um, sometimes for sales people, they'll ask for their last couple tax returns to prove that they were successful salespeople. I mean, think about this, Jeff, when I, when I buy, like when I buy real estate, I have to prove, I have to prove my income. Right. I mean, I have to, they ask, they ask for, you know, they want bank information and all that, but they also want your, you know, for getting a mortgage. I mean, if you're, if you're getting a mortgage, on a place, yeah. they, they I'm want familiar with the concept. Yeah. They, they do income verification and it's like, well, well, do, can I get pay stubs from your last employer? And I was like, well, that's going to be difficult, but you know, here's, my bank account information um, and here's my tax returns and it shows like that I'm making good money doing this. So. And that was enough. Were you able to then get a mortgage? No, then they reject. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it was enough. Are you buying more real estate? Are you, are you don't you have like a place in the Caymans or some shit? We're, we're building a, a vacation rental down there. You it's and train? my business partner. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's um Are we allowed to talk about him by name or do we just, just your business I don't know. I, I never do, so but but luckily Train isn't his given name. It's just 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 like uh Is he Captain Jack Train? Does Train actually listen to our podcast? What if did you know that Tra what if Train was actually Captain Jack? Ooh. That's no. Tra Train listens sometimes, he says. I think rarely. Rarely? You know, 
Um, but when he does, we have eight listeners. Good to know. Okay, let's move on to college football. Um, let's look at futures, and we can discuss some of the scenarios that I'm sure you're dying to talk about. Well, well you know, you- well, that's, well, I tweeted about Georgia because um, yeah. your friend um, Preston, the sports cheetah, actually asked me about what I had Georgia futures priced at um, because he thought – he said that Georgia hadn't moved down too much um, in, in his numbers – as a result of the loss. And so I dug it, dug up some scenarios and um, went through it, which, you know, I kind of like doing that. I don't want to do it for every team or anything like that. But if someone's like, Hey, what do you think about this? It's kind of fun to go down that rabbit hole just a little bit. And what did you come up with Rufus? You're burying the lead. The lead is that I think it, it, I think Georgia is substantially hurt by, uh, by their loss to South Carolina. They have no margin of because you think that, that, that the rest of their schedule is so hard that the margin of error they have is very small now. Right. I mean, they, they have to play Florida, Auburn, Missouri, and Texas A&M still. And an SEC title game if they win those, uh, which will probably be against Alabama or LSU. So even if they win out and win the SEC title, they're not 100% to get in, but – it's pretty close. Um, and I think pe- some people are like, how is that not hundred percent? I have it 90, 93.3%, but I think the only way they miss it. There, like your, this is like your idea that Clemson has a chance to not make it if, if they went out. <laughs> well, but I've, I've, I've amended that and now said, okay, if you're a power five team that goes undefeated, you're getting, you're, you're boosted enough that you're probably going to be in there regardless. So how about if you win the SEC title game, you're going to go. Um, I don't think if you're, well, let's say you have a one-loss SEC champ, um, and you have all, and you have four Power Five champs that are undefeated. Which I don't think well, SEC has any undefeated teams left. But, but I mean, I, I can sort of see a possibility where what if you have you have ACC, Big Ten, Big Twelve all have undefeated champs, and Alabama just steams roll, steamrolls everybody this year, and they and they're playing like you know they beat us LSU, um, beat Auburn. Uh, and Georgia kind of narrowly wins some games, doesn't look that impressive. Alabama, and then Georgia beats them in a fluky way in the SEC title game. I I, and, 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 yeah, it, it all comes down to how much of a premium you think the committee puts on winning a conference title game. And we don't really know exactly because it seems like in some years they have more than others. We don't know who the committee is this year and how much they're going to they the actually SEC care about that. It's the SEC title game. They would the still SEC t- champion has to, has to go. I, I disagree. Okay, so I disagree because I think if a two-loss SEC champ doesn't necessarily have to go. There's, it's not, there's not going to be a two-loss SEC team that, that there, goes. I mean, it's just- there could be a two-loss SEC champion. <laughs> Georgia, if Georgia, so another scenario is Georgia loses one more game in the regular season but wins the SEC championship game. And that's, that's got, I have that scenario with a 5.1% probability. In that situation, I have Georgia is only a 46% uh, probability of getting into the playoff because we'd still give the edge to a, an SEC West champ that ran the table before losing to Georgia. So if LSU or Alabama comes into that SEC title game undefeated against a two-loss Georgia team, we don't think Georgia winning is going to be enough to um, to vault them over that the team they, they beat there, um, you know obviously there's uncertainty there. So I'm not saying that's a like when I say that we don't think they'll do that. I'm not saying that's 100. Um, percent 
um, or zero percent. It's it's somewhere in the middle, but enough in the middle that that we have that playoff probability at forty six percent. And in so that scenario, you, also you might have Georgia a situation. Well, you might have a situation where Alabama, let's say Alabama loses to LSU. Um, so they're a one-loss team that does not make it to the SEC championship game. LSU does. LSU then loses. An undefeated LSU loses to a two-loss Georgia. So you have one-loss Alabama, one-loss LSU, and two-loss Georgia. I mean, that is one where – and, and uh, you know, if, if the committee is taking one team out of those three, it would be, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. And I don't think anybody knows, and I can't – I'm not saying I know for sure. I'm just trying to go off of – the committee's I'm modeling the committee's decision-making process um, based on what they've done in the past. And so based on that, I would, and, and the way they've done, made these decisions in the past, I would give the edge to the one loss team that lost the SEC conference title game. Okay. So in that scenario, two SEC teams are going. Well, not, that's not necessarily true. What if you have an undefeated Oklahoma undefeated um, big 10 champ and undefeated um, Clemson, like a, or wait, who, who gets left out? Or even if you have a one loss, like a one loss, AC, like Clemson that wins the ACC title game, do they get left out? I mean, actually, I think they do. But I undefeated, think, if you have, I mean, if you have three undefeated power five champs, and then these three teams in the SEC, you know, a two loss Georgia that wins the SEC, one loss LSU that lost them in the title game, and then a one loss Bama that lost LSU. I think you know, you could make an argument for any of those three teams in the SEC. I think, but I mean, I think I think we I think we can pencil Oklahoma in right now. I think yeah. they're going. I mean, they are they have the the a really really good path to go. And what would you make the probability of them going at this point? Mm-hmm. I fifty percent. Wow. So you're penciling them in, but you only have them as 50%. I have them as 70%. There's, a lot of, there's obviously a lot of uncertainty, I, I would guess still, but you know, but yeah, I would, all right, fine. More than 50%. But okay. Yeah. I, was, I got, I, was, I got them at 70. I was a little embarrassed to go too high. <laughs> I'm really bad at these games when I say, start saying something and then you ask me to tell you what the probability is and I'm usually way off. <laughs> I was just curious what your level of confidence was. Cause I'm pretty high on them too. I have them I as 79%. I think 50% at this point is pretty confident. Yeah, but, but, but or whatever. Mm, I mean, I have them 70% and 79% to win the conference. So there's a, there's a scenario where they win the big 12 and, and don't make it, but, but they're the third. I mean, I mean Eliminate the Pac-12, right? As as having a representative. I want to see if I even find. Okay, the the, the most likely Pac-12 team is Oregon at two point three percent, followed by Utah at right. one point eight. Yeah, you can basically eliminate the Pac-12. You so it's, that it's really, and then like Oklahoma, there'd have to be some crazy shit that would happen in the Big Twelve for Oklahoma not to go. Well, if Oklahoma Maybe. loses two games, right? They're not going to lose two games. Or if you have a situation where they lose one game, win the conference title game. They're, they're really they're really good this year, Oklahoma. I know. Their defense is actually pretty good. It's a lot better than it's been in the past. So do you think if you think that a one loss Big Twelve Oklahoma gets in over eight, let's say you have a second SEC team that has one loss? Like and let's say the second SEC team is Alabama. 
So uh, let's say in this situation, let's say Georgia run, runs a table, wins out, and beats Alabama in the SEC title game. You have a one-loss Georgia that we're going to say one-loss Georgia makes it. Um, Clemson's undefeated. They make it. Ohio State or Penn State, undefeated. They make it. Who gets in? One-loss Alabama or one-loss Oklahoma? That's probably a tough one. one loss, probably one-loss um, Alabama. So the conference title, the fact that Oklahoma won the Big 12 wouldn't matter. I mean, I don't, I don't know. We don't know. The, we're, we're speculating here. I mean, this is, that's why it's just fun. I don't know if it wouldn't matter, but does, does, this is going to sound like a dumb question, but does, does the Big 12 have a championship game? Yes, right? Yeah, they do now. Okay. I think. I hope I'm not wrong. It's so confusing. It's, it's, it's in the simulations. Uh, what do you have, Georgia, then, for, future, for futures? I mean, I'm assuming what, the futures market is interesting, right, because Alabama and Clemson are, are coming up. They have, they're actually – Alabama's plus 260 and Clemson's plus 300. And I feel like you don't see that very often where those favorites are starting to become longer shots or more value towards the end of the season. Right. You, you mean you think their odds it normally should be shrinking because yeah, more teams are losing. Especially since they're winning, right? Because they're winning. But so, the thing is, it's a very crowded field at the top this year, more than any year I remember, where there's a bunch of top teams that are undefeated. And Georgia losing kind of – you know, Georgia's the first one of those teams to lose. But I, I, I had Alabama as the biggest beneficiary at the top of Georgia's loss. And they go from, from uh, futures odds of plus 232 all the way up to plus 186. So that's really So you think really plus 260 high. is a lot of value on Alabama now? I do. I do. And I think Georgia falls a lot. So Georgia going into last week I had at plus 790. They fall all the way to 30 to 1. That's that's a big fall. They're, they're plus eighteen seventeen on Chris. Because Georgia basically, I mean, I, I laid out these scenarios on Twitter, but if if you want to, I think Georgia basically think needs talked, to win out, right? I, I, Georgia basically needs to win out. I think we've talked enough about Georgia, all of the Georgia possibilities. Okay, and Let's it's, move on from that. Okay. What do you so, have? What do you have? What do you have? Oklahoma then. I have Oklahoma as at, at plus six twenty three. So they are the fourth. They have the fourth best odds. They're behind Clemson at plus 516, Ohio State plus 543, um, and then, then Oklahoma. And then we have it's LSU because at plus 843. Oklahoma was plus 1,200, I think, last week, and now they're down to plus 722. No, they were plus, 620, plus 623 last week. Wow, holy moly. They're, they remained exactly plus 623. Wow, no, that no, is incredible. You're, you're saying your value. I'm saying what they were in the market. Okay. In the market, there was a lot of value on them, either I think last week or the week before. But my point is that they've essentially just won a bunch of games they're supposed to win, and now they're all the way down. The market has them down to plus seven, seven hundred ish. Well, they beat Texas in the Red River. River I can't say it. Red yeah, River were, rivalry game. They were ten and a half point favorites. But Texas is the second best team in, in the Big 12. I know, right? but I'm just saying that the, the market would have indicated with the 10 and a half point favorite that they were, that's a game that they were likely to win. That's true. That's true. And they, 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 and they, they only won by seven, too. They only won by seven. But if but, you actually look at it with the game grades, they were like 23 points better or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it was – there were two early turnovers in the red zone that they have. 
They like stupidly kicked a field goal at one point. Like this was like Lincoln Riley idiocy, right? There was like under two minutes left, still decent amount of time for Texas. And they decided to kick a field goal inside the five yard line. They were up four at the time. Uh, or no, they were up seven at the time, I think. Oh, and this is like at the end of the first half. Oh, first half. Okay. And, and the reason that you go for that there is that most likely if you go for that and you don't get it, the worst thing that happens is that, you know, Texas is conservative because they're in their own goal line and they don't score any points. So your net outcome there is zero, but you have a chance obviously to score a touchdown and have a plus seven scenario or even a plus four scenario if they're able to go and kick a field goal. What ended up happening? Well, they, they kicked the field goal and then Texas had enough time to kick their own field goal. And, you know, they had a net zero, which I think they could have guaranteed themselves by going for it. So you're basically saying that if it was actually at the end of the half, the calculation becomes pretty simple. It becomes, um, what are the odds of scoring a touchdown? Or what are the odds of converting this fourth down and scoring a touchdown relative to, um, to not, right? Because the field goal, you know, in generally, let's say you had fourth and goal at the one, you know, you, but there was, you say, there was my point. Is I know. Was, wait, wait. I'm getting. I'm getting there, Jeff. I'm getting there. I'm saying, right. I'm saying, if the if it's the very end of the half, you don't concern yourself with the field position value, which actually makes it more likely that you should kick the field goal if you don't think you have more than like a three sevenths chance you know, of like, this is like what a fourth and goal. But in the Patriots Eagles Super Bowl, this also happened, right? And the, well, but the that Eagles was the very happened. end of the half, so it was a different calculation. Right. But I'm saying, I'm saying, with time left, like you're saying, it makes it much. I mean, it, it makes it. an optimal the optimal decision becomes to go for it a lot more because Uh, that field position value the field position value if you don't get it matters because there's a big difference between getting having the ball inside your own five yard line and having it at the 25 agreed okay so uh in futures though we basically now went from a big six to a big five so that the top five teams are all inside 10 to 1 odds then we have a drop off um then we have a drop off down to um, to thirty to one for Georgia um, and Penn State and Wisconsin both at forty six to one. And then, then we're into the hundreds, the two hundreds. So little little value on Bama, little value. Uh, sorry, a lot of value on Bama, little value on Oklahoma. Still, um, I think the Betha process uh, favorite outcome, given our positions, is going to be. In Alabama, Oklahoma finals. I'd like that. That'd be nice. Yeah. So there, there we go. Um, do we want to do any college uh, picks, or do you want to go over any game grades? We can do either of those. You want to? Were, were you watching the college football games this past Saturday? Uh, I actually watched a fair amount of college football on Saturday, more than I've watched in a long time. Um, yes, I watched some. I was, I was at a wedding and was not able to watch any. And are, are you doing that? Cause you want to know if I can pick out who your top game grades were? I was. Um, your favorite game. Yeah, my favorite game. Well, just tell us what your top five were. We don't have time to play okay. the game. Um, okay, so Utah was was the top one, and one of the top ones of the whole season, actually, beating Oregon State 52-7. to 
Wisconsin over Michigan State, 38-0 was number two, followed by Alabama's win over Texas A&M, Oklahoma over Texas, even though it was only a seven-point win, graded as a plus 32.7, meaning they performed 32.7 points, but yeah, better. Um, LSU over Florida by winning by 14, that that comes in at number five. So, and then Clemson over Florida State actually is number six. So a lot of the top teams are up there. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, any good any good picks for this week in college? There's always good picks in college. Do you want to share any with our listeners? Hey, what do you make the Oklahoma State game? The Oklahoma State I game. Picked that today. I picked that today on the Tony Kornheiser show. I took Oklahoma State minus the three and a half. Um, I have that game. Ooh, no, I I have it um, as a pick. So you like Baylor. Yeah. But you don't know that Baylor's middle linebacker, the guy that has like 30 more tackles than anyone else on the team, is out. I didn't know that. Um, I know that. Yeah. How, how much do you, do you think that guy's worth three points, though? Um, how good's his replacement? What, what, what's the star? How, how, what's his recruiting number? It doesn't seem like the replacement's that good. He's actually an outside linebacker that doesn't get that much as much time. Um. This was this is all information coming from our bearded friend. Ah, interesting. And That's Oklahoma cool. State is now running a very um, a very multiple offense, meaning they have a dual threat quarterback. Okay. Named Spencer named Spencer Strassmore. Not his real name. Do you know who Spencer Strassmore is? No. He's the Rock's character from Ballers. Ah. Um, okay, well, why don't you give us – so your pick there is, is Baylor. Um, that's yeah, good. that that that's line of a game. That line actually moved up. It was it was three, I think, maybe on that injury yeah. news because now um, no, it's, it's three and a half shaded towards Oklahoma State. Our bearded friend bet it, and that's what moved it up. I might have to get on the other side there. Maybe, maybe our bearded friend wants, like, we can have a, a no-vig bet on that. I'm sure he'll do we it. Can, we can cross, as they say, yes. in the parlance. Okay. Um, Okay, what else? what else? Since we just gave out what the am I on? The game. Uh, yeah, we well, you gave out uh, an animal side. I mean, the official bet a, a non-dog. We have we have a dog against a cheetah, right? The dog against the cheetah, yeah. I feel like I, a I che- would, cheetahs are probably gonna, you know, a cheetah, cheetah wins there. It's, yeah, it's not a fair match. Um, I like UCLA against Stanford. That's the line now. Oh wow! Holy moly! Never mind. Never mind. We're gonna back off. Literally. That. You know, it literally just got hit down. Well, I got that I, at eight. I don't. I, I was like, I'm, I make that game actually. Um, I make the game Stanford minus one, and I looked up. I was. I'm. I have my odd screen and my numbers in front, and I see. You know that I we get that that at plus eight and a half and eight. Um, I know that the you have the UCLA quarterback that was questionable and Stanford quarterback questionable. Um, I guess maybe that has changed. Someone's been ruled out, and that's probably why it moved down to four. It just got hit. It just got hit hard because it was plus four even when this podcast started. It went to plus four minus one twenty, and now it's plus three minus one fifteen. Well, that's gone down. I mean, it was. Look where it was earlier. I mean, it was it was eight nine and a half. Some of that's probably on news. I'm saying this 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 movement that just came in was based on someone betting it big. Is anybody? Do we have anybody listening in, Jeff? Do we have a postal (laughs) situation? Postally, I don't know how to say that guy's name. I'm watching these lines just move. Um, okay. It's that time of morning. So you don't like UCLA then anymore? Not, not at that like, price. I mean, I wouldn't take it there. 
unless I mean, there may be fundamental news behind there behind it. Um, so I like, um, I like Texas laying 21 against Kansas. Interesting. Kansas no longer about the process. No, not anymore. Team. And I don't think I like Rutgers anymore as a bet the process team with this third string quarterback who's managed to put up seven points in, in two games. And last week he was, I think, four for 11 for seven yards and 13 rushes for negative two yards. I might be off by a yard or two, but it, it was a pretty tragically bad performance. Um, who else? Who else you got? Give me one more. Give me one more college pick. I kind of want to find a game that's a little bit of more of a marquee game, just because that's more fun. Um, so I'm looking for that right now. What do you have at SMU Temple? SMU Temple. Oh, you picked a good one. Because um, you know I've been anti-Temple. Is that why you're doing that? Yeah. I make it. Um, I make it. SMU minus twelve and a half. So you like SMU? Yeah. Let's make that our our. What's what's the line out in there? Is it still seven and a half? Still seven and a half. SMU Temple. Someone we someone we know bet that up from minus seven, minus one twenty to minus seven and a half. Our bearded friend. I think I'm guessing. Someone we know. You, you only know that name. you only know one person. It's true. Uh, I know all sorts of sharps, dude. Don't don't uh, put you know don't say that I don't have a good sharp game. Okay. Okay. Let's move on to NFL. Um, NFL. Oh, wait, 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 I'm going to give, I'm going to give one more out. I'm going to give one more out because I, sure. I, we're going to, we're going to stay in the big 12. Well, we'll go back to the big 12. I'm going to uh, say Iowa state um, minus seven at Texas tech. I you don't like Texas tech at all. I don't, you know, but apparently, apparently they're better without Kings, Cliff Kingsbury somehow. He, he, he failed up to the NBA or to the NFL or the NBA. Um, that's good. That's a, that's a road favorite that you're on, which is a rare, rare occasion. It is. I don't know. I mean, they're Texas Tech's quarterbacks out too. Oh, really? I, I just, I just see on my, on my screen, I see a red note that says TTU QB out on my, in my little Google doc with, with all my, um, all my How numbers. Much did you pay for that information? Well, you know, it's, I don't know. I got to ask my business partner about that part. All right, let's move on to the NFL. Um, NFL futures. Uh, I I bet some Saints. I think last week to win the NFC. Oh, that's how a, you feel about that. I, that? I I bet some futures on the Saints like a few weeks ago. I haven't actually. I did not run NFL futures yet this week, which I'm I'm gonna do it. I'm just gonna do it today. I was uh. I had computer issues over in England, and so I kind of was aware, like I didn't get it. I, I didn't really have access to Wi-Fi until like Monday night, so I was kind of behind on stuff. So I bet them at plus three forty-six to win the NFC. They're now at plus two eighty, so at least I feel like I got some value there. Um, I want to say like the how, I want to say the Vikings have some value to win the NFC. You know, they're the only team in the league that's top five in yards per play offense and defense. Did you know that? I didn't know that. How are they doing in play success? I don't know. I told you, I only, I only look at yards per play. It's really easy. So I made the Saints plus 278 to win the NFC before 
last week. So I'm totally going to be on board with the Saints. What do you make the Vikings? Before last week, um, a huge dog. I, I had them as 14 to one, but that, as you, you know, that that's going to move up. Yeah. Cause they had a, they probably had a good NFL game grade last week. Um, I think they did. I, I'm pulling it up right now. I like, I'm, I'm reacting quickly, Jeff. I'm quick on, I'm quick on my feet. Yeah. They had the number one game grade by a full yeah, two points. Yeah. They were, um, yeah, it was them. And then, and then new Orleans after. So I, I like, you know, you were react, you were reacting to substantive news here. Got you know who the next, who was next after that? After those guys in the NFC? Yeah. Game grades. Oh, we have Minnesota, New Orleans, uh, San Francisco. Um, no, they're number eight. Whoa. Wow, they're only number eight. That seems like a really bad game grade if they're only number eight. Well, their their um, yards per play percentile ranking is on offense was thirty point seven. I mean, they ran the ball a ton, and if you if you actually read Kyle Shanahan's quotes, he said that they were you know, they were basically okay playing conservative and just at that point they didn't want the offense to ruin it and they knew their defense like had something special going. He didn't say it in exactly those words, but but it, it sounded like they weren't trying to move the ball later in the game. They were content they to run it and run the clock out. So he maybe, you know, he learned his lesson from uh from the Super Bowl a few years ago. Did they do you have did you have Seattle as a high a high game grade, I would assume? Yeah, I had them as number three. They were they they were ninety seventh percentile in play success. So that that's what drove it on offense and eighty second percentile on yards per play. The NFC, yeah, it does. I mean, you would talk you would talk right now about like the Packers, obviously, because they have a good record. You would talk about the Vikings. You would talk about the Seahawks, the Niners, and the Saints, and then you wouldn't even get to the defending champs, the Rams, until like the fifth or sixth team of that list. And now the Rams have arguably the best cornerback in the league. <laughs> That's a big argument. Well, I mean, I've oh. heard that argued. The Rams do. The Rams and Jalen Ramsey. Oh, did they just get? Did they just get Jalen Ramsey? They did. They gave up two first rounders. Oh, and that's why they traded Marcus Peters. Exactly. And Akib Talib's out for the year, so I think they needed to do something there. But the real question is, is their offense going to be able to do anything, I think, because um, it seems like McVay's offense has kind of stalled since, the, the, since midseason last year. And you, it's the Belichick effect, man. Belichick just bitch-slapped McVay. It's the, the Super Bowl hangover, right? No, it's the Belichick effect, I'm telling you, dude. Okay. Just say it for me, the Belichick. And, like, the funny the thing Belichick is we didn't talk about effect. the Eagles or the Cowboys who, like, going into this year people thought would both be, you know, relevant. Or the Bears. God, the NFC is loaded. Well, I mean, the top two teams in the NFL, according to the Massey Peabody rankings right now, are both in the AFC, though. Yeah, but then after that, the AFC falls off like a cliff, drops like a cliff. Yeah, although right now I actually have the Ravens rated a little bit higher than the Chiefs. So it's actually – this is just the, the Massey Peabody team ratings. It's, it's, it's Patriots, Ravens, then Niners, Vikings. Niners are number three. Niners, Vikings, Rams, then Texans, Chiefs. So, you, so in, the, in, in the AFC, I guess you have New England, Baltimore, Kansas City, and Houston. Those are – that's it. 
period, right? Uh, yeah. Because and you you know who I actually have as the number five best team in the AFC. This is going to be a surprise. Number five best team in the AFC. Sorry, who did you have as top four? Uh, New England, Baltimore, Houston, Kansas City. Uh, Indianapolis. Nope. Buffalo. Nope. Bigger surprise. Bigger surprise. Um, this is the team. The team ratings. The Jets. I don't know. The Denver Broncos. Oh, so you probably like the Broncos this week. I've I like the Broncos a lot of weeks. <laughs> How's that working out for you? Well, recently, actually, no. I like the Raiders week one. Um, I actually didn't like them. I I I think the Texans are better than they've shown. Well, or better. Well. The Texans are a very interesting team, but I, I do I, I do like Denver tonight. I like Denver tonight against Kansas City. We we um, went through the we went through the um, earlier in the year we went through the the futures for conference, and I think we recommended buying some Houston, didn't we? I don't know. We'd have to go back to the tape. I don't yeah, I think we did. I think that was useful. We also recommended some Detroit, which would have been in a really good position if they'd beaten. Um, Green Bay last week, which they looked in well in good position to. Did okay, you so have the Did you have the second half under in that game? In which game? The Green Bay game. We might have know. had it because that that whole prime time effect. Um, oh, anyway, I, I did not. I didn't. I had that price properly. Oh, because that was wait. Did it or pro, I had a price where the market was. Yeah, because you had a gazillion field goals in the I like, second half, right? I like I like that you said you had it priced properly. Funny. There is that okay. time effect. Okay, should we get through some of these picks get... here? I'm, I'm updating yeah. my, my I'm updating the market numbers so I can quote the correct number. It's it's early in the morning on the East Coast and even earlier in Jeffland. Oh wow, the Bears is down to three. Bet the um, process where where we do our research while we record. Yeah, we don't prepare at all because that's lame. Okay, uh, so so I'm we'll start. Let, we we got to start with the tonight's game. Kansas yeah, you City, like that's down down to three. I make the game a so I make the game a pick actually. I make it a pick. Okay. And I think so are Kansas City official about the process pick for you? I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. Denver, it, it, Denver is going to be and, and the one interesting thing is that Mahomes is his number and this is going to be hard for me to adjust later on. I think I'm, I might have to. This is where um some manual tweakage might work, but but he. You know his um his grading out he's not graded out well since his since his ankle injury and so um that does since there is a lot of signal in quarterback performance that does drive um, Kansas City's rating down um, a, a good amount but when he's fully healthy I'm gonna have to try to like figure out how to deweight you know deweight those those grades because I think we know that that's not normal in the homes I'm gonna take the Bears minus three minus. 120. Are we going to get an Asian handicap here? Yeah. yeah. Your, your friend on Twitter didn't like your Asian handicap. No. I was, He's like, I was kind of racist. What a moron. He graded himself at a push and a loss, and he doesn't understand that you were trying to be as precise as possible. I mean, I, I, it's technically not that as precise because there, there aren't minus three and a quarters offered out there. Um, I mean, maybe there are. No, but, but you're basically trying to say, like, I want my percentage record to be correct. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because so. rather than saying units, I wanted it to be like, this is the percentage and it should be against a baseline of 50%. That was, that's what I'm so, going for. I'm going to take the mayor bears minus three minus 120. Are we, is Trubisky, are we assuming Trubisky here? It doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, there, there are people that believe that. I believe I'm it does. You, it doesn't matter. Okay. Okay. For my handicap, it does not matter. What's, what's the basis of your handicap? That the Saints, that Teddy Bridgewater, you know Teddy Bridgewater has the best record against the spread of any starting quarterback. It's like 26 and 7. Nobody ever gave him a chance. Um, no, they did give him a chance, and then he got hurt. Right, I mean, but, but the, the public, in the, in the court of public yeah. opinion. Um, I, just, I just think that this is a tough spot for the Saints, and I think that um, their offense – hasn't really been able to score against good defenses with Bridgewater. They could put up 10 and 13 against Jacksonville and the Cowboys. So I just don't see them scoring very many points here. And I think bears off a bye. Um, I just think it's good value. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with, I, I have a favorite that I want to pick just because I bet I have, I'm going to, I'm going to get three picks this week. So first I'll, I'll do Cincinnati and that looks like it's at plus three and a half. You can get a, sure. three and a half mostly, um, reduced juice, but plus three and a half against Jacksonville. I think that that game, um, I think this Cincinnati should be a half a point favorite there. Okay. I am going to take, I'm kind of annoyed about this line moving, but I'm going to take the Vikings minus the two. Um, I like them more at minus one, but now they're at minus two. Minus two. You're not buying Detroit. Do you think the hype is – you think people are overreacting to their start? Well, I mean, I think the Vikings are good. We just went through this. I think the Vikings are much better than um, people think they are right now. No, I think they're good too. But they're on the road, and I think Detroit is slightly above average team. I think it's priced properly. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm surprised I'm not on Detroit actually. Normally I thought I would be. Okay, my final position, I'm going to give a road favorite, a, a big road favorite. This is, this is unlike me here. But I'm going to take the New England Patriots minus 9.5 at the Jets just to show some people that I can bet on favorites sometimes too. Do you think uh, that you are undervaluing Darnold there? Um, you can make the argument that I am in a way because the Jets' in-season performance – with Falk is baked into the rating, even though I do then have, um, I mean, I do then have the adjustment for Darnold, but in a way, um, I think, I think you're right. I will, uh, you know, a little bit. And the player model actually doesn't love it as much, but actually, can we veto that? Can we veto that one? Sure. No um, I have, I, I played it, I played it at minus nine and a half reduced. Um, but I actually found a bet that I like better than that. So, which is, you know what? Let's just keep it because I, I said it. I bet, I bet it to you. And well, I'll, I'll, I'll four picks this give week. Give the people what they want. I'm going to give the Redskins. The Redskins plus nine and a half is a home dog against the 49ers. That's, yep. But for the first week, Jeff, I actually think that the, the Dolphins this week are priced appropriately. I make the I make the Bills like an 18 point favorite on the team model and a 13 and a half point favorite with the the player level model. So overall, you know, 16 and some odd change. The Dolphins' badness has finally caught up to your rating system. The, the Dolphins' badness, yeah. 
Okay. So. All right. Let's uh let's sign off then. Thanks for listening guys. We'll talk to you uh next week.